This week on Inside Motorsport, we catch up with Richard Crowell with Formula 3. I hope you stay with us. Well, Richard Crowell joins us on the line, and Crowley, it's great to have you along with the winner of Formula 3 last weekend at Sydney Motorsport Park, formerly known as Eastern Creek, Tim Macro on the line. First year, Richard, it was an interesting weekend to say the very least. We, we dusted the old boy off, uh, we do, it seems, once a year, uh, put him in a race car and, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he went out and won, but no, thanks Craig, good to be here. And, yeah, great weekend at Sydney Motorsport Park, uh, as it always is, uh, very interesting round. Championship still sort of evolving and taking shape, but what we saw at the front of the field especially was uh, really good, as I'm sure we'll uh, go into more detail with, with the other voice on the line. Tim, it was, uh, well, a return to the good old days where you got out there and just smashed them. It was a little bit, wasn't it? Like, um, got a bit of a phone call from Sammy Studi a couple of weeks ago and asked me to come and do it, and he had some good support from Yellowtail Lawrence, and he thought, you know, let's get the car out and have a crack. and. Sammy's always put a good car together at uh, Eastern Creek, and Eastern Creek's a fantastic circuit for the cars. You know, high downforce cars work really well there, and it was just a whole bunch of fun, and, you know, I nearly forgot how much I enjoyed it. It was awesome. James Winslow is still leading the championship, so I guess you uh, were doing a lot of good work for Chris Gilmore this weekend. <laughs> well, I was, try- I was trying to look after him as much as I could. We can't have the Pommies always taking the gold star back, can we? But, um, you know, I just went out there to race for myself and do it for Sammy as well because Sammy preps a very, very good car and, uh, you know, he's very underrated and, he's, and he's, he does put a good team together. So, you know, I really wanted to perform well for him and, you know, just go out there and have fun and, you know, it just turned out really well for us. Now, what's keeping you out of Formula 3 or, or a lot of the other categories right now? Look, it's, it's the same old motorsport story, isn't it? It's, um, it's a money situation. And just uh, finding the funding to be able to do it is basically what's holding us back. You know, um, I've done a lot of different categories over the years, but I've sort of just found I just can't quite get there funding-wise. And we're still, you know, still on the hunt, and um, I still lo- love motor racing and want to be involved, and still obviously can do the job. It's just about finding the money to be able to do it. To be honest. Mm. Now, Richard, uh, whilst Tim was uh, on fire out there, James Winslow took his 25th win in the championship. It's a remarkable feat. Yeah. He likes the stats, does James, and it was his 25th win from, at the stage, uh, 59 starts. So, I mean, one in three races he goes and wins. And, um, yeah, look, I mean, he's a, a fantastic benchmark to have in the championship. And it was interesting at the weekend that we had we had Tim, we had James Winslow and Chris Gilmore. The first time we ever had three former champions in the field at once. A great stat that I like is between the three of them, they've won 25% of every three race held in Australia ever, which I thought was a pretty interesting statistic. But it's a good stat to have, and and it shows that the competition at the front of the field is good. You've always got to have, I think, in categories like this, a benchmark for younger guys who are coming through the ranks to aim at. And you look at Carrera Cup this year, where you've got Craig Baird, three-time champion, won 1,000 Porsche races, I mean, if you, you're a Johnny Reid or a Daniel Gaunt or someone like that and you go and knock Beto off, you know you're beating the best. So I think Formula 3 at the moment, it's the same kind of thing. If you can go out there and beat a James Winslow or uh, a Chris Gilmore or whoever it might be, I reckon that's a good benchmark to have for young guys to, to base themselves on because that success has already been built up. As it turned out at the weekend, um, those three guys were, uh, were right at the front. And it was good racing, real quality stuff, and um, I'm sure Timmy will check to how close it was at moments, but um, had a great battle with Chris Gilmore in race one, 
behind James Winslow for the podium and uh, and then pass James in both of Sunday's races to get to the lead. Um, actually, I'll, I'll fire a question at Tim while we've got him. What, what was it that did that, mate, that got you to the front? Because it looked like your thing was pretty hooked up on cold tyres. First couple of laps, it was a rocket ship. Yeah, look, on cold tyres, the car was hooked up all weekend, especially in practice and quality. And to be honest, it was just me muffing it off the start line the whole time. Like We had pole, we were on the front row, and I just couldn't get the thing off the line. The clutch was a little bit different. But, um, you know, the thing was so hooked up early on, and I was just able to get in the toe and, and just and pass him. And the car stopped so well as well. We, had, we were really, really strong under brakes into turn two. So that's where our strength was in our car. And once I got in the lead, you know, the, the car just took care of me. It was, um, you know, it was just a real pleasure to drive. Now, your car was powered by a Renault, where the front runners for most of the year have been Mercedes. Was there anything because of the Eastern Creek Long Straits or or that that really made the Renault that little bit better? Well, it's actually a pretty good story about um, the car I drove because it's the only car of its kind in the world. Um, Renault stopped building Formula 3 engines in 2004 and Sammy built that car basically off his own back. You know, they said it couldn't be done. You know, he unlocked and retuned and made the ECU work, and it's the only 07 with a Renault in it. And I mean, you know, the Mercs are a later model spec thing than the Renault, so you would think they'd be a bit better. They are a bit lighter. Our car is a little bit heavier. But the Renault is a very, very strong engine. And I mean, it is it does rev quite hard and is quite good in a straight line. So, I mean, I really don't think there'd be too much in horsepower between them. Maybe the Merc might even have a little bit of an advantage, but... Sammy just set such a good car up, aero-wise, mechanical grip-wise, that it just, you know, it, it got onto the straight so well and, and uh, you know, we, the rest just took care of itself. Mm. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because, uh, Richard, the championship, it has got those uh, three or four guys all in the same equipment, which makes the competition very even and it comes down to driver skill. Yeah, and that's part of the appeal of Formula 3 is you get the, the different engine manufacturers and the different brands going at it at the front of the field and, uh, and, and you know, that, that sort of plays a role in F3 and it's one of the few junior categories anywhere in the world that still has competition amongst engine manufacturers or chassis as well and this year we've seen the Miguel uh, coming to Australia and, and be quite competitive, which is great. But, um, yeah, it, it's another storyline, it's another thing, but, but F3 at, at its core is the parity formula where it's so very close between them that... Um, that you know, it really comes down to the driver, and the good drivers are the ones that, that do the job, and that's what we've seen in Formula Three for as, as long as I've been involved, and, and all the championships that, that we've been part of. So, I think that's the main thing. It's a drivers category, and if you can drive a Formula Three car quickly, generally you can drive just about anything, and that's what I think we've seen from a lot of the drivers that have come out of the category and gone places, and that's why guys like, you know, Gary Rogers, for example, that's why he went and plucked the Michael Caruso out of relative obscurity to drive that because he had that wings and flicks background and you know you go through the V8 field and you know the likes of your Scafes and your, your Kellys and those guys have all got wings and flicks experience and that's where this category in particular is I think at its strongest. Formula 3's next round is at Queensland Raceway with the V8 Supercars. Tim what would it take to be able to get you up there? Obviously you <laughs> want more people drinking Yellowtail yeah. wine. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Well, you know, again, it's um, it's a budget thing. But also, I'm, I'm there working as well, so that might be a bit of an issue as well. I work for a V8 supercar team at Tony's Alberta Racing as um, a you know, data engineer. So, you know, if we found a little budget, um, I might be able to con El Alberto to let me race as well as work. So <laughs> we'll just have to see what happens. But it's a bit of a long shot at this point. 
the problem with that would be that you'd go and try and transfer your data and compare it with Alberto's, and you'd be about five seconds away faster. <laughs> that wouldn't go down too well, would it? <laughs> Probably wouldn't, no. <laughs> i tell you what, Craig, uh, QR's going to be really interesting. A, we're going to have quite a big field there. It looks like at this stage, 14 to 15 cars, so you know, we're continuing that rebuilding process for the category. But... Um, She's going to be a fast old place in a few weeks because of the resurfacing. We've not been there since 07. Uh, actually, it was 06, I think, the last time we went there, and a certain person on the other end of the line might have won that round. And actually, that was 2009. It was 09, wasn't it? But your yes. first ever Formula 3 race win came there, didn't it? It did. It came in uh, Bevan Carrick's cool temp car when he lent it to me after my old 01 blew up. <laughs> and, uh, and that was really good. And the, the last time we ran there, though, was... Um, in 2009, with me and Joey Foster flat-wheeling each other down the main straight, so that was good fun. And yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and me skipping through the Turn 1 dirt, so it was all, that was a good round. So, no, yeah. it's a good fun track in one of those cars, actually. All right, well, and guys, time is getting away from us here, but I do want to get the plug in because the Formula 3 website has got a lot of great stuff on it, including more details of Tim's fantastic victory last weekend at Sydney Motorsport Park, and it's formula3.com.au. It is. Thank you very much. Uh, I have no life, so it all goes on to the uh, F3 website. But <laughs> no, we look, we did pretty good traffic actually, and a lot of people take interest. Uh, about 40% of our business comes from um, overseas, incidentally, which is uh, a nice little fact shows how uh, F3 is regarded overseas. But yeah, look, uh, F3 site's a good conduit for everyone to look at. QR, can't wait. It, it's going to be fast, it's very surface, but some of the locals have been there testing, and, and they reckon Turn 1 and Turn 2 are going to be absolutely flat out, which will be. Uh, something to behold and somewhere in the 104s we think in terms of lap time it should be uh, pretty wild. My thanks to Richard Crail and Tim Macro. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now.